Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In this week's installment of Believe in the Rockets, part two of my discussion with Houston sports editor Chris Gardner, as we continue to discuss the greatness of Akeem Olajuwon and how the Rockets would have still won at least one championship title against Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. We talked about both of the of the championship years, 94, 95. Now, one of the biggest debates of all time is if Michael Jordan had not retired and the Rockets still got to the finals in 94 and 95, some say the Rockets would have been the team to disrupt the championship dynasty bulls. And then there are some who believe Jordan would have eight rings instead of six if he did not retire. Now, Michael Jordan is one of my all-time favorite players. I did not watch him like I watched Kobe. That is why Kobe is my GOAT. But it's one of those things where I sit down and when I really start studying and paying attention to Michael Jordan, and then I compare it to my GOAT, Kobe Bryant, and even LeBron James to a certain extent, I just sit down, start laughing and shaking my head like, you know, oh God, maybe Michael Jordan is the GOAT, you know, no if they and buts about it. But do you believe that if Jordan and the Rockets would have met in the finals in 94 and 95, do you think Jordan would have beat them two times or do you think Hakeem nope. would have got him at least once? At least once, if not both. But yeah, you know, I have debated, listened to folks, listened to the the Jordan bandwagon fans, who, and even some people in media who really pull stuff out of their behinds about what if. First, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan did not play those two seasons. Period. So I mean, why we even have this debate? If 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 you know, if or a fifth, we'd all be drunk. I mean, come on. He was not. He did miss those two seasons for whatever reason. He missed them because he wanted to play baseball. Good for him. He won another challenge. He was burnt out. Steve Kerr, teammate, said we were burnt out. We were running on fumes. We needed to refuel. That's why Mike stepped away. Mike wasn't. In that first year, Mike would have gone against Vernon Maxwell, head-to-head, been a great matchup. Mike could have got 40, whatever. The rest of the Bulls weren't going to beat the Rockets. Bulls had hmm. no answer for Akeem. They would have thrown all those big bodies at it. Would not have mattered. So what? Made no difference. Akeem was on another level. Not going to happen. He'd have got one. Second one against Orlando. Mike came back for the playoffs. Mike was, Mike was back. He wasn't in great shape. He lost to Orlando. People act like that didn't happen. As if the Bulls just like Mike was not a part of that team that lost to Penny and Shaq. That did happen. So let's not just gloss over the fact, oh, well, you know, Mike is, he is so great and so spectacular that he never lost. Yeah, he did. And he lost just like 
many superstars. He lost because he lost to a better team. The teammates that he had weren't good enough. That team that Mike lost to, uh, Orlando, Orlando was better. They were younger, stronger, deeper, more athletic. The Rockets, Akeem, and Mike has said it, we did not have an answer for Akeem. Why do people take Mike's words and say he didn't really mean it? He said it. Mike has said we didn't have an answer for Akeem. <laughs> That's, Michael Jordan himself has said that. On record, he has said that. Now, that's why this debate, we know Mike would have won eight in a row. He didn't. He won six of eight. Those two years he took off, he needed to take off. Well, year and a half or whatever you want to call it, because he did come back. But he needed to take off. He needs to recharge his batteries. The Rockets won those championships because they were the best team in the NBA in those two playoffs. That's my opinion. That's, I mean, I'm not going to change that opinion. It's hard to win one championship. And it's harder to win two in a row. That's why so few teams have done it. And it's even harder to win three in a row. Because you win three, you're practically playing 100 games a year, three straight years. Mm-hmm. These, aren't, these aren't robots. Your body, all that wear and tear, does take a toll. For that fourth year, the Bulls, they went out of, they ran out of gas. <laughs> and that's why, I'm just, just not even, I don't see why this has lasted so long. Rockets would have won that championship with Mike playing or without. The debate lasted so long because it's a fun topic. I mean, you're talking about Akeem Olajuwon versus Michael Jordan. And when you take a look at Jordan's run in the NBA, one of the things that made him the GOAT is the fact that, one, he kept other great players from winning championship, i.e. Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, John Stockton, and Carl Malone. And then, two, the fact that this man has went undefeated. I do not believe, now, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not believe there's no other great player who went to the finals and did not lose at least one series. I mean, we could go all the way back to Bill Russell and the Celtics. I believe they they lost possibly either one or two. I mean, hell, either even, even my GOAT, Kobe Bryant, lost two finals. The fact that this man went to the finals, went 6-0, and oh, didn't even go to a game seven, I believe that's why it's such a fun narrative. But I do believe that the Rockets would have gotten Michael Jordan one time that, that one year, I will put my money on it. If we had gotten a Rockets versus Bulls series, I would have said the 9014 because you mentioned Michael Jordan himself said they did not have an answer for Hakeem Olajuwon. And you, when I was doing the the, ser- the season of missed opportunities, when you look back at the, at the 93 season, when they lost game seven in the second round against the Seattle Supersonics, if they would have gotten past Seattle, I do believe they would have beaten Phoenix, which means we probably could have gotten a Jordan versus Akeem Olajuwon finals in 93. Chicago didn't mm-hmm. want that. Why? Because between 91 and 93, the Rockets beat the Bulls five out of six times. Not only that, you mentioned a guy by the name of Vernon Maxwell. Now, everyone knows how great Michael Jordan is. Of course, Jordan is going to get his own buckets. But you know that saying where 
the great players need the others to step up around him in order to win a championship. Guys like Robert Horry. Oh, and that's another thing I I, I just realized. I did not know Robert Horry was that good of a defender early on in his career. So when you take a look at the defensive juggernauts the Rockets had on the perimeter, Vernon Maxwell, in those five five to six games that the Rockets won, he did work on Scottie Pippen. This guy, and this is regular season, this guy, Vernon Maxwell, has Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, right-hand man, averaging 16 points, shooting 30% from the field. Now, do you think that is going to beat a Rockets team led by Hakeem Olajuwon, who between 91 and 93 was averaging 25 and 13 against the Chicago Bulls? No, that is not going to work. And as great as Michael Jordan is, I'm pretty sure the Rockets would have got him in 94. Now, coming back, it seems like the Rockets had lost some mojo, especially by losing Vernon Maxwell after he had that whole um, leaving the team during the playoffs after he realized that they was favoring, I believe it was Clyde Dressler over him or something like right. that. Um, well, I, 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 duh. Yeah, yeah, obviously, I don't believe that the 95 Rockets would have got it done against Jordan and the Bulls because I'm pretty sure Jordan would have came back with some kind of revengeance. But I, I'm 100% with you. I believe the Rockets would have gotten Jordan and the Bulls at least once. And once again, I don't think people realize Michael Jordan said to himself, we did not have an answer for a king. Now, we could have gotten a Chicago Bull versus Rockets championship series i believe it was in 97 when they lost against to utah off of that terrible game winning shot by john stockton i I just hate the jazz so much you know (laughs) but even that 97 rockets team i don't think possibly they they possibly could have beaten jordan and the bulls too because now you're looking at it from a standpoint is who could have beaten who could the bulls guard down on the low post when you have Hakeem Olajuwon, arguably the greatest big man of all time, then you team him up with Charles Barkley, one of the greatest post-offensive players of all time. To that, you say what? It's a fun debate. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it, it is without a doubt. But also, just like in different in other sports, styles make fights, matchups are key. I just believe that the Rockets matched up well with the with those Bulls teams. Now, obviously, it was up to the Rockets to get to the finals more than two times to have a chance to square off against Mike during those you know six championship appearances. But they didn't. The Bulls were the best team. Mike got those mm-hmm. six rings, six out of eight years. But I just I refuse to take away the Rockets' back-to-back championships because Mike wasn't there. That's not the Rockets' fault. This is, <laughs> what, I mean, I, didn't, I don't look in the record book and see an asterisk by the Rockets' names. Jordan did not play. The trophies don't say Rockets won this, but Jordan did not play. Not their fault. Rockets won those championships because they were the best team those two seasons, period. Fans can talk all about that stuff. But when I hear media people, media folks, well, you know, if Mike would have played, Mike didn't play. Period. I don't, I don't, I don't get into all that stuff. I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not either. It, it like it, it, it just makes for a fun discussion. And 
you mentioned it. another reason why I don't think Jordan would have beaten the Rockets because that would have been their fourth trip to the NBA Finals. And you mentioned it, you know, it's hard to win one championship. It's hard to repeat. It's even harder to repeat. Now, when let's just look at the last 20 years of the NBA. Look how many great teams we have seen come and go. Have, did you ever realize the last team to repeat was the Kobe and Shaq Lakers between 2000 and 2002? Spurs never yep. never repeated. The Miami Heat Correct. with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, they, they, they barely got a chance to repeat. And when you look at the Golden State Warriors, the dynasty that just broke that, that had just broken up a, a year ago, they couldn't even repeat. Now, of course, theirs happened with injuries and everything, but you know, that just shows you the, the fact alone that over the last 20 years, the only team that was able to at least repeat a tie, title was Kobe Bryant and his Lakers and, of course, LeBron James and his Miami Heat. Think about this. There was a window when the Lakers, 87-88, 86-87 mm-hmm. team, 87-88 team, they won back-to-back championships. There had not been repeat champions in 20, 30 years. Then the Lakers won two in a row. Then the Pistons won two in a row. Then the Rockets won two in a row. Then the Bulls won three. Rockets won two, then Bulls won three. You know, it was like, it went such, such a long period from repeat, repeat champion. Then there was a run on repeat champions. <laughs> then it stopped. The Spurs, Tim Duncan won five rings. Did not win back-to-back titles one time. Which, which brings me back to my point about Hakeem. That just lets you know how great of a player Hakeem Olajuwon was. And when he repeated, we're not talking about a Rockets team who came in and won 50 to 65-something games and was the first seed in that home court advantage. He had to lead this team to a second title without home court advantage as the sixth seed. Chris, I don't know about you. I don't know too many great players. And we're talking about all-time, all-time great players. I don't know too many all-time great players who will be able to just dig down and actually take on that challenge and help your team repeat without home court advantage as the sixth seed. Think about it. As great and as much as I love Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, even Michael Jordan, they never led a team, especially to a uh, 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 to repeat without home court advantage. That means most of the nights for about two, three months, they are living on the road. Yep. The Rockets, as that championship team, as a six seed, they are the lowest seeded team to win an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. No team, no seventh or eighth seed team you know, correct me if I'm wrong, has won a championship. And they did it as their second of a back-to-back. So, like I said earlier, it's hard to win one. It's harder to win two in a row. And then it's hardest to win three in a row. As far as I, I, did, I in this day and age, we're not going to see a team win four in a row ever again. <laughs> Boston winning eight in a row in the 50s and 60s. 
clearly that's that's never going to be done again. But a team winning four in a row, I don't see that happening. So people just don't appreciate how difficult it is to win one championship, let alone win back-to-back championships, and then, of course, my ultimate winning three consecutive championships. I respect all champions for the grind that they deal with daily, the travel, the expectations, the injuries, all those things. It's hard to win a championship. I guess that's one of the reasons why it does bother me how people disrespect the Rockets' back-to-back titles because they're champions. You don't appreciate what it means, what it takes, what's involved in winning championships, winning back-to-back championships. And then to do it as the sixth seed, that's something special about that team. And they swept Orlando in the finals. Not many teams win a championship 4-0. <laughs> and it's just like folks, well, you know, they're not, like they're, dis, they're dismissing it. They won that championship in a sweep. And that team had Shaq and Penny, and they swept them. One of these days, hopefully, if my career continues to move forward, I really want to sit down and talk to Shaquille O'Neal about that series because – when Shaq talks about his career, he's one of the main people who talks about himself, how great he was, yada, yada, yada. Okay, Shaq, we get it. But every time he mentioned that 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 final series in 95, he always talks about that Olajuwon was the only person to just throw him off his game. We're talking about Shaquille O'Neal. We're talking about someone that's even better than David Robinson. Yes. To continue moving on, I want to get into Olajuwon's legacy a little bit because even before I really started studying Olajuwon over these last couple of weeks, I've always said it. I believe Olajuwon greatness is a tad bit underrated because when you talk about the greatest players of all times, when you add in everybody, he always falls somewhere between 10, 15 to the 20 point range, um, depending on the list. And that is a hard topic to debate because when you say the greatest of all times, you're talking about everyone from all types of eras, you know, so that one is kind of hard to debate. But when you look at, when, when you narrow that down to just the centers, he's always somewhere between six or seven, possibly five, most likely he's going to be five or six. But here is the argument in the conversation that I'm going to start having with people, not because of what I'm learning now, but it's because of a knowledge I've always knew, and it kind of sort of proved my fact even more. But you, I'm pretty sure you might not agree with me, but yes, I know Olajuwon. I mean, yes, he had an awesome career, but when you start talking about matching up his career, like his accolades and finals MVPs and and championships and all this other good stuff. When you match that up to a guy like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, even Shaq, he has the same accolades, but he does not have as many. If we take a look at everything Elijah Wan was able to do in his career, and also, this is the biggest key, going off of skill, is it fair for me to believe and this is my humble opinion that Akeem mm-hmm. Olajuwon is the greatest center of all time. 
skills, it's either him or Kareem. Mm-hmm. Shaq was all power. Mm-hmm. Moses Malone was relentless. Mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing is is a tier below them. You got the Bill Russell was defense, rebounds, defense. Will Chamberlain ahead of his time, but he was a lot of power, great athlete, but he didn't, in those different eras, of course, but he wasn't as overall skills like Akeem was offensively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I could go like a Kareem, Akeem, Will, and of course it depends on what criteria we're basing it on. But Kareem, early Lakers, he was beginning to go his in the league so long, his athleticism was declining. But he still had the unstoppable hook shot. Akeem had the unstoppable jump hook. It still surprises me how no big men today have developed and mastered either one of those two shots, the sky <laughs> hook or the jump hook. Dwight tried. <laughs> and, he, and he was unsuccessful because he didn't have the touch. But those two shots shot properly cannot be stopped. All you can do is hold your hand up, hope they miss, turn and box them out. But Kareem, that sky hook, was unstoppable. I've only seen a handful of folks block it. And I think two of them are Rockets. Maybe three. Bill Willoughby, Google it. Maybe Ralph Sampson, and I think a King did. You know, weak side help. But that sky hook, outstretched arm, you get the little chicken wing from the, from the left arm, kind of holds off your defender a little bit, just a little bit, so if you elevate a little bit more. And Akeem with the jump hook, he's, he's doing all the spins and the footwork, leaving, leaving the defender, where'd he go, where'd he go? And then he comes back over that left shoulder and then jumps up and then kind of like softly drops the ball into the net. You, you couldn't stop that. And he could tell you, okay, like many superstars, this is what I'm going to do. You still can't stop me from doing it. But yeah, this is what I'm going to do. But one of the things about Akeem's legacy that he he still does is he trains players and teaches them some of his low post moves. Yes, and I was Joel going to get Embiid, into that. Joel Embiid is the closest big man to master some of Akeem's low post moves that I've seen in a long, long time. Mm. But he taught Kobe some – some of Kobe's footwork in the post he got from Dream. Oh yeah, I, I I know. I remember watching watching on YouTube him and Akeem Olajuwon. Well, Jordan's footwork he got in the post. That's he got from Dream. Some of those post moves Mike got from mm-hmm. Dream. So it's not necessarily because low post scoring big man is a lost art, but you look at some of the low post moves from the small forwards and big guards. The, the spin moves, up and unders, that's Akeem Lajuan. That's his influence. He's just not at the center spot anymore. That is part of the reason why I believe 
Olajuwon is the greatest center to ever step foot on the basketball court. And I know, and that's no disrespect to, to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, and Shaq. And I'm going to stick to those four because those are the ones that most people, if not everyone, nearly has over him. But when you break down their career and you see what Olajuwon was able to do versus those four guys, first and foremost, let me just say this. Olajuwon never had the opportunity to play a majority of his career with another all-time great. And what I mean by that is, yes, he played with Ralph Sampson, but what, that lasted for, what, three, three and a half years because Sampson was always hurt. He got Clyde Dressler and Charles Barkley, but that was towards the end of all three of their careers. Versus Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yes, he did his thing in Milwaukee, but he had Oscar Robinson, another another all-time great. He gets to L.A., He's starting to decline, but you got a guy by the name of Magic Johnson who is arguably the best, not arguably, he is the best point guard of all time. Not to mention you're also playing alongside James Worthy. Will Chamberlain, you have Jerry West, who is the logo, by the way. Am I correct? Correct. Bill Russell, Bob Cruzy, and it's still a 1950s to the 60s. Then you have Shaquille O'Neal. And Shaquille O'Neal played with arguably the best shooting guard, second best, let's say second best to keep things fair, and Kobe Bryant. And then he went to Miami and turned around and played with the third best shooting guard in Dwayne Wade. So, yes, they have a lot more accolades than Olajuwon, but when you break things down, all four of those guys that I just named actually play with other goats. Unlike Hakeem, Majority of the time, yes, his team was good, but he he never had a Kobe. He never had a Magic. He he never had a, a Penny Hardaway or a Bob. He never really had that. Like I say, his team was just good. Like Kenny Smith, game one of the 95 NBA Finals, he rolled to the occasion. Like I mentioned, looking back over this Rockets team in this Olajuwon era, I never noticed how great of a defensive player Robert Ori was back in the day. I mean, when I got into basketball, he was with the Lakers, and he was just known for hitting big shots when the time was right. But Right. His defense was there. You know, he had players that stepped up, but he never really had another all-time goal. And even when he did get paired with another legend, like a Dressler, like Barkley, like I mentioned before, it was towards the end of his career. And neither one of those guys are known for their time in Houston. Dressler, a little bit, but that's mainly only because he played in Houston in college. And a lot of people know him for being in Portland. As for Barkley, it's Phoenix and um, Philadelphia. So Olajuwon basically did what these other four guys did, but kind of by himself. And then when I talk about skills, you, you hit it right on a pinpoint. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is possibly the only other big man you can rival and say he was just as skilled as Akeem Olajuwon because as great as Shaq was, Shaq was never really just skilled. He was just bigger and stronger than his opponents. He was always able right. to overpower him. And that's that's and please, ladies and gentlemen, do not take this as a disrespect to Shaq. But when you think about it, he was able to just overpower his opponent. And another thing I bring up when I when when I have this debate with other people, a lot of times teams, now you could correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times teams could not really focus on defending Shaq like they really wanted to, because you had a guy named Kobe Bryant out on the wing. And if you double team Shaq, then that was going to leave Kobe vulnerable to drop 40 on you. You, you get what I'm saying? Even the right. same thing when he went to Miami with Dwayne Wade. But 
Olajuwon actually had skills and played very high on both ends of the court. And you also mentioned his legacy that don't get brought up too often that I love. You've seen Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You've seen Shaq work with younger players. But majority of the time, it's players that actually playing in their position or similar players that could be like them. Hakeem Olajuwon is working out with with the Steve Nash and the Kobe Bryans, you know, guys that don't even play that much in the post, but yet he, he, he had the type of skills that somebody, like you mentioned, Michael Jordan even picked up. It's, it's just letting you know how great of a player Hakeem Olajuwon was and arguably still is today. I mean, you mentioned it, that Joel Embiid is the closest that you've ever seen sort of, you know, have the same, same footwork as Olajuwon, but I agree with that to a certain extent. I just don't believe it's that smooth because put oh, it like no, this. It's, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's not smooth. Put it like, like, like Chris Brown is a, is a tremendous dancer and he can moonwalk too, but it's not as smooth as a moonwalk Michael Jackson used to do. It, it's, it's, like, it's like that. And Agreed. And, and that's no knock against Embiid uh, 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 or Chris Brown if you you know think I was taking a shot at him. That's no knock against that one of those guys, but at the end of the day, that just lets you know how great of a player Hakeem Olajuwon was. And I've mentioned this a lot, man. I just wish I could have been able to just see his greatness. It's one thing to go back, study it, look at it on YouTube, but it's another thing to have lived through it and witnessed it. The one thing that I wish I would have seen was Hakeem and Moses Malone doing battles at Fondy Rec Center here mm. in Houston in the early 80s. You know, heard yeah. about it. I was, you know, 10 or 11. I wouldn't go on to Fondy like I did when I was, going, you know, a little bit older. But just to hear people talk about the stories and the battles. And Hakeem, when he got to America, was skinny. I mean, just being pole rail thin. But he got better. He got, because, you know, Nigeria, he played soccer. That's where his footwork comes from, his soccer playing. Mm -hmm. And spent all his time at Fondy, battling with, with Mo in the post, developing the relentless, relentlessness that Moses had. And then from Moses, he learned to add things to his game. And then that was when he was at U of H. And then he just got better and better and got to the pros. He added different things here and there. He always and superstars, that's that's what superstars generally do. They always add something more to the game during each offseason. Because they know teams will try to take something away based on the previous season. So they always gotta add something to the bag. And Akeem did that. And that's a tribute to him and his success long-term and the teaching players, you know, the post moves and the spin, the footwork and the spins. It's not always for everybody. It is a God-given thing because he's taught Dwight Howard didn't work. He taught Andre Drummond didn't work. <laughs> you know, he's taught other bigs, some of his moves in the post, and, you know, Dream is in his 50s now. And some of the stuff he can still do, you know, in little short bursts when he's teaching them. 
And the guy's like, I, I can't do that now. This man's 50 years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so things like that. These should be, dreams should be like 56, 57 years old now. So the footwork is still there. It's a little bit slow, but the smoothness is still there. That core strength he still has. He is underappreciated, especially outside of Houston. I mean, even folks in Texas, San Antonio Dallas don't respect him appreciate him like we do here folks in utah think he travels every time he did a spin move that's one of the things they always talked about him so now utah does it now with james harden so it's like utah has a thing with rocket players star players and travel moves whatever i mean they can't stop it so it must be illegal so you know but don't get it twisted folks who know basketball know how great Kim olajuwon is what? You mentioned James Harden. Let's 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 have a little fun before we um close out the show. During this series, the season of Miss Opportunities, one thing that I've always knew, but I've even appreciated even more, is the, the fact that the Houston Rockets have had a lot of great players come through this organization. Now, once they got here, what they did didn't matter at the end of the day. You're talking about a franchise that has a rich history of some of the greatest players we have ever seen from not only Hakeem, but you mentioned a couple of times on this show, Moses Malone. I mentioned Charles Barkley, Clyde Dressler. We could go to the Yow, my favorite player of all time, Tracy McGrady, Steve Francis. You, you name it. The Rockets have had quite a bit of great players come in and out of this organization. And as of right now, we are witnessing arguably the third greatest shooting guard of all time in James Harden. Now, me personally, I have him five. Um, I was debating this last week uh, with my guests, and, you know, we was going back and forth, and I said, you know, right now I have James Harden five. He's tied with Allen Iverson, and there is a chance that depending on what Harden does throughout the rest of his career, if he wins one championship, we can really start the debate between him and Dwayne Wade. Now, if he wins two, as much as I love D. Wade, and as I'm speaking to you right now, I have a holographic Dwayne Wade poster on my wall that I'm looking at right now um, to let people know, like, Dwayne Wade is in my top five. But if James Harden, some one way, shape, or another, wins two, I think that he will surpass Dwayne Wade and become and, and solidify his case as the third greatest shooting guard of all time. Now, unless he wins 10 straight, there's no way in hell he's catching Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. But sticking with the Rockets, depending on how James Harden's career plays out, and of course, this has to unfortunately involve championships. Do you or do you not think that James Harden has a case to surpass Akeem Olajuwon as the all-time graded Rocket? Not, not without winning a championship. Not without winning two. Mm. So, so you with me? James Harden has a case to solidify himself as like a legit goat, but he has to win at least two championships. And especially, and we're talking about the greatest Rocket of all time. Mm -hmm. Championship is part of it. You know, Akeem did that. That's part of it. But one thing that I will always give Akeem the nod over James is Akeem on defense was just amazing. And James is not. 
<laughs> and, you know, James is a good low post defender. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because he's strong, strong thighs, strong core. He can man up his guys who are trying to score on him in the post. But defensively, overall, there is no – James Harden does not come close to a king when it comes to defense. So, for me, that separates them to right there. Mm-hmm. Offensive production, numbers like that, you know, James, different positions. James is more three-point shooting and all these different era as well. Offensively, okay, I can listen to you, somebody give me you know, reasons for James being the best Rocket player in you know, terms of offense in Rocket franchise history. But overall, no, not, not even close because <laughs> – Basketball is offense and defense, and Akeem's defense is much, much better than James' defense. Hmm. Okay, so you're going to agree that so, – so in your case, there's really not a chance for James to surpass Akeem, correct? Correct. Cool. That is fair. <laughs> um, speaking of James Harden – after Hakeem, where would you rank James right now? Where do you think he's going to fall by the time he finishes his career? Hopefully, it continues to be in Houston. Where do you think he's going to be? Do you think he's is going to go Hakeem, James Harden, or do you think he's going to go Hakeem, Moses Malone, James? Where do you think James Harden is? is where, where do you have him right now, and where do you think he's going to rank when you talk about the Houston Rockets? I mean, when it comes to numbers, you've got to toss in Elvin Hayes in there, too. Oh, Elvin Hayes, um, how can I forget about Big E? But, I mean, I, I think James has a has a very good chance to be the second greatest Rocket in franchise history, yes. Mm-hmm. Because Moses was dominant with the Rockets, MVPs here, but he won a championship with the Sixers. I, you know, if James wins a championship with the Rockets, that will clearly cement him as ahead of most, you know, but I think offensively James has put up better numbers than Moses. Mm-hmm. But once again, Moses, Moses beats you in different ways than James. We're talking about great players here, but even Moses, Moses early in his career got it done on defense too, you know, but it's just overall offensively, James could become the second greatest rocket in franchise history, but to be in legit conversations, if we are including championships, and I am, James got to win championships to for me to even open up the book for him to be in discussion with Kim Lajwan. Because offensively, offensively, okay, but I'm a defensive guy too. And Dream put up numbers defensively, steals, and blocks. He is still the, the all-time block shot leader in NBA history. He's, he's up there in, in steals, too. James is not going to get that. And that's, that's part of it. That's part of my discussion. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. One thing you and I can agree on for sure, Hakeem Olajuwon is a GOAT. He's really very unfairly underappreciative but ladies and gentlemen if you are listening to this podcast as soon as it wraps up what i want you guys to do is go to youtube go to basketball reference go to my articles on the dream shake or whatever 
and just study how great of a player Hakeem Olajuwon was. Chris, thank you so much for joining in to today's show, man. This was very, very fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, before I let you go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you at on Twitter? Oh, yes, and I enjoyed it, too. It's a blast. I was talking basketball with you and, you know, people who like, who like basketball and know basketball. I'm on Twitter at the, T-H-E-H-R review, T-H-E-H-R-R-E-V-I-E-W, V-H-R review. Chris, it was an honor to have you to be a guest on Believe in the Rockets, and I look forward to having you again. Look forward to it, man. Thanks very much. That concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. Remember to subscribe to Believe in the Rockets on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Why 24? Because Kobe Bryant is the GOAT. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.